pastel de nata. Churros. Brigadeiro. Calzone. Apple pie. 水煮肉片. Bangers and mash. Toad in the hole. Paella. Well, hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Turning Chickens and Breaking Dishes. My name is David Martins, and I'm the executive chef for the European Union Embassy in Washington, D.C. And my guest today is a Franco-American third-generation baker and CEO of Maison Poulain, a family-owned, world-renowned bakery that has been open in Paris since 1932. Following her grandfather and father's footsteps, the Poulain Bakery is reputed to be one of the world's best bakeries specializing in sourdough breads, baked in wood fire ovens, and it's most well-known for their nearly four-pound rustic country-style bread. In 2019, she released the book Poulain, The Secrets of the World Famous Bread Bakery. Apollonia Poulain, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, and thank you, David, for greeting me. <laughs> no problem. How are you today? I'm doing great. Perfect. It's a beautiful, warmish day in Paris, and we are trying to greet the spring. Doesn't Paris have that? Like, if it's even if it's cold, it's like this cold Parisian thing. If it's rainy, it's this raining Parisian thing, right? Everything always sounds a little better and looks a little better in Paris. I am very biased. I am half French, half American, but I am 100% Parisian. So I will not deny any of the points you just made. <laughs> Two important questions before we start uh, Have you ever been to Portugal? I have been to, uh, actually three times to Portugal. Because you love so where... much, right? <laughs> exactly. No, but so I went for a, a friend's wedding, another friend's birthday. Uh, and and every time I, I went to, it was in Lisbon or around Lisbon. And it was, every time it was a really just a wonderful culinary experience And one that really illustrated a lot of what I had imagined of Portugal from some colleagues who are of Portuguese descent or my master of apprenticeship at the bakery, uh, who, is, who was born in the northern part of Portugal, but it just still fed my imagination. And Portugal, you know, again, I'm biased when I say this, but Portuguese bread is very good. Can you please confirm that? Because if you say it, people believe. If I say it, people just think I'm just... <laughs> Don't we have good bread? Can you please tell the world that? Experience and, and, and from the opportunities I've had to, to taste uh, breads with corn or pão de giló. Um, yeah, 100%. There's great bread in Portugal. Thank you. Do you know any Portuguese words? I know just a few, but um, um, I think the most common one that I would use is Obrigado, mm -hmm. um, and a very useful one, I guess. Do you want to do you want to learn how to say breads? Since it's you know why not? Pão. Let's do this. <laughs> oh, see, you know it. Pão, exactly. Pão, pão. It's very similar to French. Who was the best cook in your family? Your mom or your dad? Definitely my dad. My mom was a fantastic cook. Um, she mastered a few recipes and taught me how to be precise. But my father was the cook. Besides bread, that I imagine was pretty good at home, what do you remember that he used to make that was very good? My father had a recipe of using some bread with, and he would cut tomatoes to make a little bruschetta. 
that was one of our um, staple foods in, in when it was the season and the tomatoes were ripe. It, we would toast the bread, scrub garlic uh, freshly on the toast and cover it with these beautifully tasteful and juicy tomatoes and top it with this coarse sea salt from Guérande, the same one we use for our bread. That's very nice. So you have a fascinating story. Uh, and I believe your parents were fascinating people. On one hand, your mom uh, was an architect and a designer, and she collaborated with the likes of Karl Lagerfeld. And on, one, on the other hand, your dad, a world-famous baker that collaborated with people like Salvador Dali, which is crazy. What was like growing up for you and your sister in an environment like this? It was pretty amazing and inspiring. I remember lunches where we had the good fortune of meeting incredible people who came from such vast domains of knowledge and interests. And, and it is to say that bread brings everyone around the table, not only to share bread literally, but also because we have in common um, a friendship, which the French uh, would say copain, so the person with whom you literally share bread, but also those bread connections, right? Um, and it was also aspirational to see how far bread, such an essential and elementary ingredient to our lives, how far it can get you. Yeah. Your dad uh, had inspiration, for instance, from Salvador Dali. He will have like structures, right? A whole bedroom made out of uh, bread and things like that, right? He'll, he'll have these like crazy inspirations, which was very nice. Uh, did you know, did you witness that, witness that from very closely, all those kind of like projects or some of the projects? I did certain projects, one or two that I, I'll share here because my father made in 1971 a whole bedroom made out of bread for Salvador Dali. But he also was an artist in his own way, designing a bread cage, a bread bird cage, so that the little bird could eat its way out to freedom. Mm -hmm. And he also did some sensational pieces like a gigantic loaf of bread. He brought it, the Place de la Concorde, the one that's across the river from the Assemblée Nationale, where there's this big obelisk. And in the um, late 80s, early 90s, he put up this gigantic loaf of mock loaf of bread that represented the volume of bread an average French person would eat throughout their lives. Oh. And that loaf, we still have pieces of at our manufacturer right outside of Paris, where we have 24 ovens that bake the bread that is delivered in Paris and surroundings to our retailers and restaurants in regular times using our bread. Um, and it is a masterpiece. Have you ever tried to make like a piece like that? Or you were like, gosh, this is too much work. <laughs> a piece that big would take an oven that would be very complicated. Um, but the artist with whom my father collaborated to make that piece uh, is is still alive and and we've and we've been in contact perfect at the age of 16 your mom decided that it was time for you to go to the bakehouse and start really learning how was that for you you know it was surprising at first my mother um on a, one of the typical may in france has a few bank holidays which um turn into long weekends and my mom said to me, because I guess she thought that I was old enough, thought, you know, if you're serious about this craft, if you want to one day be able to make a bread chandelier like your father made for Salvador Dali, her thought was, I need to know how to bake bread. I need to learn the basics of the craft. And 
that's how I started my apprenticeship. And I carried on until I was 18. And I carried on working in the bakehouse and until I took over my family's business because my parents accidentally passed away in an accident. Yeah. It's been 18 years since I went to college. I developed new breads, new cookies, new pastries. I've worked with a wealth of incredible people, my teens, friends of my parents that have been of support. Um, we did more artistic collaborations and other collaborations with incredible artisans. 18 years is have gone by and I just did not see that time fly by. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting you touched that point because that was going to be my next question that sadly, the age of your 18, your parents passed away. How did it feel for you that first day that instead of going to the big house downstairs, you sat at your father's chair to take over the company? Taking over my family's business, um, there was a sense of obviousness. And 18 years later, there is for many more different reasons that same sense of obviousness. I love my craft because I wake up and have the feeling that I do a different job every day. I am a baker as the CEO of this family business, constantly adapting to the ever-changing environment. I know where I want to go, but I also know how to greet what the day's batch of bread or what life has to offer on that day. And that is incredible. And whether it's having a breakthrough, trying out a recipe, um, meeting someone and imagining a project that might grow into more knowledge about grains, about fermentation, or um, just feeding people, our clients, better bread, better cookies, better pastries. That is thrilling. You often talk about having a connection with bread. What do you mean by that? For me, bread is an embodiment of um, our civilization, but it's also a way of sharing because you don't, even if, even when we ate much more bread every day. And my bread is, if I extend my arms in front of me and create a circle, um, you have this sort of hug shape that I like to use as a description of my bread. I see my bread as this big, well, my loaves as this big hug of bread that typically in 1900s, an average French person would eat half of that loaf every single day. So you don't eat bread alone, but from grain, to the ground grain flour, to the bread you make in the bakehouse, to the act of eating it, it brings people together. It is, it, you know, it's what has fostered our civilizations because we become sedentary so that we can greet the grain, so that we can then um, safeguard the grain and keep it in good sanitary conditions until the following harvest. And so when you have that piece of bread, it carries that heritage. Um, and if you do like at Poilin some sourdough bread, which uses a piece of dough from one batch, which is set aside to nurture the following batches sourdough, then you realize that in the case of my bakery, it's been almost 90 years of generations of loaves, of generations of bakers, and of generations of Poilins. 
And a third generation bread maker, what do you believe you do differently that make people go back over and over and over to your bakery? People come to us for a taste and they realize that we feed them beyond the bread. We feed a culture of bread, an understanding that that piece of bread is the materialization of the crossroads of the encounter. In French, you would say the carrefour um, between grains and fermentation. And that is what has fed my grandfather, my father, and I. And then there's the methodologies behind those that feed and nurture that um, tradition. I think we do breads a little bit differently than, than most bakers. We use single bakers that do the batch from start to finish. It's made by hand. We use wood-fired ovens, excuse me. We use very little instruments trusting our intuition, our senses. There's no thermometers. There's no buttons. It's all about the tests and trials, the listening to all of the indications that our sense of touch, our ear, our nose, um, our mouth sometimes tasting have built of experiences in our head. So we have this unique savoir-faire. We transmit it through a system of apprenticeship. And I think it makes Poilane very unique and sets it apart. We have a rustic bread and it's the type of bread that has fed civilizations. It's a bread that has fed Europeans and it's, it's bread that, that keeps it bread that feeds you. It breads, it's bread that connects you to the past Uh, but also is the starter of the future. In a general way, what make for you, what's sometimes the biggest difference or the small difference between a good bread to a great bread? Hmm. I think for me, it starts with a bread what, that gives you pleasure. And by that, I mean a bread that you feel engaged with. A bread that when you bite into it, you get a sense of, I was about to say the love and the, you, you just get a bite of the, the grain that's gone in it, whether it's at Poilan, we, we work wheat, rye and corn grains um, as our um, know-how. And in using those, we, when you bite into a, a slice of our rye bread, you just have this explosion of floral freshness density because it's this very sturdy grain, whereas the corn has this much sweeter, very dense, but sweet flavors. Um, the sourdough bread of wheat has more of an acidity, more, you'll have more of the starchy flavors. I am adamant about one thing though, great bread will feed you, it nourishes you. And I think more broadly speaking, When you have that, the bakery has the opportunity of nourishing a community. Yeah. So let's be a little controversial here. It's okay. The biggest difference for you, especially because you know the U.S. very well, the biggest difference for you between the way bread is made in the U.S. and in Europe, because coming from Europe and coming from Portugal, that we do have good bread, that you already said, and it's true. I always found that was the biggest struggle. And I work at the EU embassy and the ambassador, you know, before 
the previous ambassador, for instance, that's, that was one of his biggest complaints. He said, I cannot find bread the same way it was made in, the, in, in Europe. There are some bakeries, of course, but in a broad kind of general way, it's difficult to find our type of bread that, you know, in France, you still do it in Portugal, that you just go down the corner on your street mm-hmm. and you have a great bakery. But so what's the biggest difference for you, the way bread is made in the US uh, compared to Europe? Yeah. Well, I mean, the first thing I'd say is we ship, we've been shipping to the U.S. for the past 50 years. So <laughs> you can find good bread in the U.S. and on our website, um, com. And that fundamentally, America and Europe come from different, they just have different stories. And I, I while I understand, um, I, I have a lot of respect and admiration for the current tradition that is rising in America for bread bakers. And while, while it doesn't stem from the same culture of having a baker on every street corner, um, and France is very similar to Portugal in that way, um, we've had a rise of really beautifully crafted and quality breads in the U.S., And that is something to also be honored and acknowledged. Do you eat bread every day? I eat bread several times a day. (laughs) It's one of those things. I will tell you, I do not start a day without a slice of bread. Thank you. Because Mm -hmm. if I have in the morning a slice of my bread, I know I will be able to last until lunch. I get it. If If I don't have salted butter and if I don't have bread... I have a mild heart attack in my house. Like there's this anxiety, you know, when you know that you're out of it, there's this anxiety inside me. I have to have bread and bread for me. It's very simple. It's just with butter, a good bread, uh, just with butter, good butter and good bread. It's yeah, but I have like a slightly uh, heart attack. Yeah, I get it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I call that my morning tartine and I have a, a love for salted butter too. In France, it's a big debate. Um, If you like salted butter, you're probably someone from Brittany. Um, And um, it's a region I have a a very, very many affinities to. And we've been carrying the bread of a fantastic grower just outside of Rennes, which is the capital of that region. And the butter has these incredible colors. And the guy making the bread was joking that in Brittany, if you want unsalted butter, you need to have a doctor's prescription. I always knew I had like 2% from Brittany. There's a small part of me then because I absolutely love uh, salt. But you know, there were a lot of, there were a lot of um, commercial relations between Portugal and Brittany because of, of well, I'm, I'm sure the cod route was yeah. one of them, but probably just even just the, I mean, like semen. Yeah. So shifting the conversation slightly, is there an island that you really like in any part of the world? Is there like a little island that you are very fond of? <laughs> it's important. Um, Manhattan would be one of them. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I was this is technically an island. Yeah. Okay. So imagine you can have Manhattan just for you. Okay. okay. You that's, can take. That's pretty cool. You can take one protein, one veggie, one fruit, and one dessert. And in this case, I'm going to give you a freebie, and you can take a loaf of bread under your arm. But that part is a given. So okay. one protein, one veggie, one fruit, and one dessert. What do you take? So I'm on Manhattan. I have Manhattan all to myself. I have my loaf of bread with me. Yes. I would take an egg as a protein. Okay. I love eggs. They're such an incredible element in our foods available. Right now, 
And this is because it's the spring peas as a veg. And I wouldn't want to have a huge bag of peas so that I could like shell them out and just like spread them with a fork um, on, um, on a slice of my bread. So I'd have my bread knife, of course. I have, it just so happens I have this beautiful pocket knife that a friend of my father's designed and that we now sell at the bakery that is for picnics. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, so I have the protein, the egg, I have the veg, and I need dessert, right? And a fruit. Don't skip the fruit. Okay. Um, fruit is important. Fruit is important. Yeah. Apples, because, because of the latitude, would be a great one for me, for its freshness, for its crunch, for its juiciness. And I would have to say that I would also have to have some ice cream. And if that all doesn't beautifully fit in together, I, it is <laughs> unrelated. I am also a fan of ice cream. Uh, in fact, so much so that I made, we've made um, different um, toasted bread ice creams with with different ice cream makers in France. And yeah, anyways. That's nice. That's very nice. What was your first memory of taste? My first, hmm. One of my favorite ones is my father picking me up, me and my sister, with a little roll of our rye flour and uh, bread with currants in them. He would slice it in two, slap some butter in between, and set us out to the school with that in our pockets so that we could have something, we could have a, a delicious, nutritious snack. Of course, the first memory had to be bread, right? Because if it's bread, uh, yes. I mean, yes, yes, yes. No way we can go, yeah. <laughs> What's the most underrated ingredient for you? Eggs are a pretty incredible ingredient that I would put in that category. Okay. Jacques Pepin agrees with you because I had him on the podcast and he said exactly the same thing, that eggs are very underrated. <laughs> uh, most overrated ingredients? Um... Anything that's tasteless. <laughs> <laughs> There you go. Any example or? Um, I, uh, yes, yes, yes. Um, I. As more drama to the podcast, the longer you take. No, absolutely. I think, I think, look, I, the, the, the one that's coming to mind um, is, is an underripe uh, avocado or an underripe um, tomato is just, A pear. A pear is really bad, isn't it? When you buy a pear and you eat it, it tastes like, my mom used to say, it tastes like flour. That you just yep. eat it, there's nothing there. Yes. I was just thinking here, when you have, um, this was not part of the questions, but I'll ask. When you go to someone's house, do you feel these people have, I'm sure if you go to your friends, very close friends, they probably don't have this. But when you go to someone's house, do you feel that they have this pressure to give, to have great bread at the table? <laughs> they kind of like yeah, look yeah. at you every time she goes for a slice they, they kind of have that eye or no I, I feel no pressure because I usually take a piece of bread with me and it's usually understood it's usually understood that I will contribute um, with the bread offering <laughs> to smart. the table yes it's, yeah. <laughs> uh, what's the best breakfast you can have I think I probably know this one but or not slice Maybe of, some, yeah. no 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 slice of bread mm-hmm. with our, our much beloved salted butter But I'll give uh, a trick that I have written about in a book I published a year and a half ago um, and called Poilin. It's available, published by Houghton Mifflin. And the trick is to take two slices and to toast them together in one slot of the toaster. Or put it on, if you only want a single slice, put it one on top. Um, if it's not small, big enough rather to cut it in two. 
And I say this because what it does is that it toasts the bread only on one side, keeping the other one moist and creating, it will, first of all, it will allow you to keep it smooth and greet the butter, not have this dryness that after two seconds becomes hard. So it means that you can go through the first slice and eat the second one and enjoy the same experience of something that's just like wonderful. And if you slap the butter on top of it, then it's just like this explosion of like, you know, sourdough flavored um, uh, wheat bread, rye bread, if you're using rye or uh, corn, and then just the smoothness and the richness of butter. Um, that with a cup of tea, a cup of coffee is my way to start a day. That's a good tip actually to do that. What is the strangest combination food-wise when people put two or three ingredients together that you just cannot accept? And what's something that you might do that your friends and loved ones look at you like, hmm, that's slightly weird for me. So my, I have many times uh, surprised people with a morning toast that I devised a few years ago, um, just out of availability, curiosity, and knowledge that the, the, the food combination had was very tasteful. A tartine of avocado, bananas, and a little bit of chili flakes on top. That's a combination that oftentimes is surprising, but people love. Avocado, banana. And some chili flakes. And you can bind it together with a little bit of honey. Okay. Uh, and that's... And you put that delicious. on bread or no? On, on, on the toast. Um, you, if you can prepare it ahead of time using some lime juice for acidity and for the bananas and avocado. One is interesting. Okay. And of course, always I, I got you curious on that one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And always on bread, of course. Um, so the name of the podcast is turning chickens and breaking dishes. Those are two Portuguese phrases. Turning chickens means someone that has a lot of experience and breaking dishes means someone that has exceeded expectations. Do you think you've been turning more chickens or breaking more dishes? Hmm. Mm. See, that's the question. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, um, getting a little enthusiastic. Um, I, I, I think, um, I, I think I am a person of experience because when I bake bread, what I realized is that every day I'm learning something new and I'm building day by day in the bakehouse, my experience of, um, and, and I know that that is what builds my credentials, my knowledge, and nurtures my curiosity for my craft. At the end of the podcast, I tell my guests to sell their fish. So that means means two people can talk about, that means talk about yourself. That's a Portuguese Mm -hmm. phrase. You know, where people can find you, where can people can find the bakery? Um, You know, uh, what's in, if there's any projects in the future that you want to share. So just sell your fish a little bit. All right. So Poilin has been, an over 88-year-old bakery, both in Paris and London. And the good news is that while uh, international travels are not that easy these days, you can um, get our bread at your doorstep at poilane, P-O-I-L-A-N-E dot com. Um, I share breads, um, whether it's in the form of a book, and that's Poilane at Houghton Mifflin that's just been published a year and a half ago. I am an instructor of masterclass.com 
And we are on most social media sharing tips, ideas, inspirations, and the wonders of our neighborhoods. And the last thing I will say is I on a mission to redefine bread this year, and that is talking about the grains. What are David, what is the what are the ingredients that you talk about or that you think when I say bread? Water, rye, yeast, salt. Um, that's pretty much it, right? Or uh, yeah. So when you say flour, and that's the thing, when you say flour, what you're saying is grain that's been so finely ground that it has the flour texture. But that's what I would like people to realize is needs to be. I want people to think about what is the grain, what is the plant that has grown, what is what is the unique flavors of different grains that have fed us throughout times and across continents. Okay. And I think that um, it is an, an incredibly key, important ingredient, and something that millers have worked really hard. So it's it's kind of it's almost reductionist to say talk about flowers when we're really talking about grains yeah so maybe a new book will come out we'll see so <laughs> um Pauline, thank you very much for coming on the podcast this was a pleasure i miss paris a lot i was there two, well three years ago now uh and it was very nice as always go back to that city and if i go back you know i will go to the bakery i would love to see the bakery i'm, I'm sure it's a lovely place and this was a true pleasure uh, for me and you your work is very famous and it's very well recognized throughout the world what you're what you're doing what your dad did what your grandfather did so thank you very much for coming on the podcast this was a true pleasure well thank you for your kind words and i will very much look forward to greeting you with a piece of bread and salted butter on it and help you visit the bakehouse <laughs> Thank you. And I'll bring the avocado and the bananas and we'll make that. There you go. Good deal. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you. Have a great day. You too. Bye-bye. Thank you very much, Apollonie, for coming on the podcast. I am so sorry that I misspelled her last name when I was doing the introduction. You know, I'm still working on my French, so just hang in there, please. If you want to order the bread, don't forget, just go to her website and you can have fresh bread, fresh Parisian bread right at here in front of your door so there you go don't forget if you want to follow the facebook page of the podcast you can do so at turning chickens and breaking dishes follow us on instagram at turning chickens breaking dishes if you want to send me an email if you have a suggestion a complaint something you can do so to info at turning chickens and breaking dishes.com don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on any platform you have access to also if you want to support the podcast you can do so go to buymeacoffee.com slash d Martins. I will see you next week. Eat a lot of bread. Adios.